love startups. I love that part of it. So, yeah. And I also think I don't really want to run a big business. You end up being a HR manager, which is not fun at all. But the actual startup part is really fun. My name's Charlie Gunning and welcome to Frio Startup Fest. Come on. Yeah. I'd like to acknowledge that we meet here this afternoon on the land of the Woodchuck people of the Noongar Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to the elders past, present, emerging and in the room. We will start with the panels. The wonderful Julian Illich from Tillerides, Mel Bainbridge from the PAC Co-op and Glenn McIver from Solve. We've titled this bit The Launch, The Raise and The Exit because these wonderful founders have all done a pretty impressive launch. One of them's done a pretty impressive raise and one of them's done a very impressive Exit. So can we give our wonderful, esteemed and beautiful panel a massive Frio Startup Fest welcome. <laughs> Let's go, starting with you, Julian. Can you introduce Julian Illich? Tell us something about Tillerides. And also, tell us a quirky fact about Julian Illich that maybe we don't know. Look, Tillerides, for those that don't already know, um, we did bring a bike up here last week. And you did. You pitched at the Pitch Frenzy last, last year. year. Yep. We're into sort of urban mobility, but our first product is an electric bike. It's revolutionary. It's kind of like the easiest thing to use for urban transport on the planet, designed right here in Fremantle. And, um, you know, we're about to move into our new shop uh, down on uh, 1QV1, so you can check that out early next year. Cool. And we're about to ship bikes to here for the first shipment early next year. So a new e-bike, how long have you been working on the e-bike? Five years of development. Wow. And they're about to hit the streets in the new year, so it's quite an exciting... And Charlie's got one. So, yep, there's one coming for you, Charlie. I haven't got one yet, but... You'll get one. (laughs) They'll arrive in February. I've pre-ordered it. We start rolling them out. We've got 250 pre-orders, so it'll take a while. But But I have ridden it. It's pretty awesome. Mm. It's a pretty awesome piece of technology as well. Um, And a quirky fact about Julian... A quirky fact is someone invited me to do some modelling at a studio once. It was nude modelling and now there's many thousands of books with me in the book all the way through nude. Right. I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> this, this is what we do as startup founders. We hustle. <laughs> it wasn't paid. <laughs> it wasn't paid. You're just an extrovert. I thought it was just modelling but and I thought, all right. My girlfriend at the time said, Give it a go. I was like, Whoa. Okay. I mean, I thought it was going to be a few runs, but there was many thousands of books made. So. Right. <laughs> Where can we get these books? Uh, well, <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Julian. Yeah. Um, Mel. Mel Bainbridge, tell us about the pack you've just launched and a bit about yourself and a quirky fact. So the pack is uh, localising what Spotify globalised. So it's turning the systems of distribution for music on themselves effectively, inverting the business model so that musos own the distribution of their music. It's specifically created for local original unsigned musicians to be in the local spaces that you guys inhabit. So if you were to go into a cafe in wonderful Frio, you would hear music from your pack in your hood. Quirky fact about me, by the time I was 11, I could recite all of the poems in Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Fantastic. For no good reason. Go on then. I can't anymore, <laughs> sadly. You've lost it. Most of it. Okay. <laughs> Glenn. Uh, hey, everybody. Um, thanks, Charlie. So I started a company called Solve. So about 12 years ago, a friend of mine rang out of the blue and said he had an idea for an online injury management system. 
uh, starting a tech startup is super tough. I went unpaid for the first couple of years. I think I had three weeks off in the first seven years of my business. Uh, two years in, I had to sell my house to buy out my business partner and keep it all going. Um, but after a while, things started to go pretty well. We ended up with Qantas, Maccas, Bunnings, Kmart and about 500 other clients and uh, yeah, recently exited my business. And it wasn't originally called Solve. No, it was Injury Connect. Injury Connect, that's Back right. When we won the prestigious Business News Rising Star. I remember you did. Yeah. Uh, and so about 2009, was it you started? 2010? Exactly then, 2009. In, so in 12 your years. bedroom? Yes, spare room. spare bedroom at a friend's house. I was drinking five cans of Coke a day. It's very startup, isn't it? Very much yeah. so. But no yeah. nude modeling? No, it's kind of hard to follow. No story, poetry? Quirky fact? Quirky fact. Um... I'm a pretty relaxed kind of guy. I go to bed every night sometime between, I don't know, 10.59 and 11.01, anywhere in that sort of range. All right. So you're yeah. one of those people. One of the, I okay. like one of those people. All right. Really like dot the I, cross the yeah. T's. Up at six every morning. Times a thousand. Yeah. And what were you doing prior to that to see that problem emerge? Uh, so I, I, after school, I joined the army, which helped with the OCD ah. of getting up at 6 a.m. Right. Um, and then got into IT. So I studied a bachelor's in computer science and a master's in IT at Curtin. Uh, I used to umpire Australian rules footy here in the Waffle and an old umpiring mate rang out of the blue. He was an injury management consultant and he basically was saying, I've got this idea for a computer system but I don't know how to build it. So I, uh, after a few discussions, I quit my job. Uh, we started a business together and, yeah, so it was, you know, the classic, it was his idea, subject matter expert, and I bought the IT side of it. Fantastic. So 11, 12 years to a nice exit this year. I'll get you to tell us about that in a minute. Um, so I think, Julian, we're going to start with you with the raise. So you raised, I think, a seven-figure sum again this year. You've done two seven-figure raises using equity crowdfunding. Can you tell us a little bit about Because that's quite a new way of funding startups. Yeah, I guess it's been around maybe in Australia four years, I believe, four years, something yeah. like that. They changed the rules so you could do it. Essentially, it's kind of like halfway between a private raise and I guess being on the on the share market because there's all these rules you have. You can't raise more than $10,000 from an individual. Um, you can't promote things yourself. We sort of can, but you've actually got to put your offer document through a company. So we use a company called Virtual. There's a few of them around Australia. They all do it slightly differently. Uh, I've advise many people on which ones to go for, but they, they do do slightly different things. It's really good for us in the case of a product because we're actually building our brand. We're building a whole bunch of other things, not just raising capital. So we, for example, you can actually offer rewards as part of raising the money. So at $10,000, people actually got $2,000 off one of our roadsters. And yep. we justified that as part of the marketing budget because then they've converted that to a sale. And we've part of our 250 pre-sales is actually uh, roadsters have come through investors. So they own a bike, they got shares, and so they'll be pretty loyal um, spokespeople people out there, and that's across Australia. And, yeah, we've raised – it's a big effort. It's like a three-month marathon. It's actually not as easy as ringing someone up and getting a, a, a big amount of money. Right. But if you, if you really want to build your, your brand uh, as well, it's a great way to do it. But it is – it's essentially a social media frenzy and advertising video. You know, the amount of videos out there of me doing things is huge now, so it makes right. dating very difficult. Right. But we've got a lot of images out there, apparently. <laughs> I forgot about those ones. They're not on yeah. the internet yet. <laughs> so, You're very yeah, photogenic. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a 
you've got to use a different skill than raising. It's a different right. thing. So, yeah. And, and it's, you're right. It's not just turn on a knob and incomes money from equity crowdfunding. You've got to have pretty much a database ready to go, right? You've got to really work it and have a really good video, I think, some of the tips. Video is really essential. You're basically raising the money through Facebook. So we tried LinkedIn and we tried uh, other Instagram, whatever, but Facebook's the one that delivers the most. You've got to have a great marketing company that knows how to do it because the standard marketing companies don't operate in this way. They've actually got to change their messaging daily, not every month. Right. Uh, so it's pretty active. And when do you know that it's going to work, that you're going to reach your million dollars target or whatever it is? Uh, well, the way it works is you have this first period called an expression of interest and ours, I think this time was three weeks and then you actually you don't commit to doing the raise until you've got a certain level of expression of interest. Right. Yep. And Virtual now have got enough data they've done I think we were the 200th or 100th raise. They've got enough data now to say, if you get this much expressions of interest with your type of business, this is what we think you'll raise. And you have to set a minimum based on what you actually need to achieve the goals you've set in your offer document. Yep. And if you don't think you're going to get there, you might as well can it straight away. So right. some people don't go forward. We've overshot because we put good rewards out. So right. we, we, I think ours virtual would have said we would have raised 1.1, I think, and we got one5 Two and a half, so we went over right. the estimate. And you did over a million last year as well. Yeah, a million last year. We actually, this one was a bit confusing because we did a bit of raise before the equity crowdfunding, so we've raised 1.5 this year. Right, okay. And that's to get to land the first 500 bikes yep. in Fremantle. In Fremantle, yeah. We, I mean, essentially this raise was to buy the parts. So the thing lots of people in here probably don't know much about hardware startups, but you've got to spend a lot of money at the beginning, buy all the parts, and then you actually get your, your revenue three or four or five months after you've actually bought all the parts. So we needed to raise all that money mm. and then we'll basically start Designed making Designed in Fremantle, it's landing in Fremantle, they're going to be driving around Fremantle. That's 150 great. in the state, I think, in the first two months. So, so January, February next year? February, March, March, February, April. March. Yeah. There's March, about, April. we're going to run them out over two or three months, the, the pre-sales. So, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Hi, just jumping in here to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. Without these, we would not be able to bring you this podcast or do what we do at Startup News either. So we want to thank Startup News who produced the Startup West podcast. Go there and subscribe, please. Spacecube Coworking Spaces, where we also record this pod down here at Riff in the city. The New Industries Fund, who give funding, advice and support all year round. Curtin University, who have been a long-time supporter of innovation entrepreneurs in WA. The City of Perth, where we also record this pod, also a great supporter of the tech scene. RSM, who came on board last year, and who helped many startups with R&D tax returns and other advice. Dinner Twist, a WA startup itself, who has actually been on the podcast and just wanted to help out. So please, if you bump into any of these organizations and the people that run them, say thanks and go use their services. That's the best way to say thanks. Okay, now back to the show. And Mel, can you tell us about the pack? You sort of told us a little bit at the, at the, at the start. I remember coming to your launch a few months ago. A very, very big idea, taking on Spotify, but doing it with local musicians, local content, and trying to get local businesses to sign up. And I think you're about to launch it in the new year. It'll be ready. Anywhere that streams music, um, which is pretty much any retail space, any cafe space, any small bar, any large bar, anywhere where you hear piped overhead music, they should have a license to play it. Quite a few of them don't. 
they should. And really, we think they should be playing local music because, honestly, most people who go into those spaces actually don't know what music's playing. A few of them will play your, your standards. They'll play your Taylor Swift's and your general top 40. But in general, if you go into a cafe or bar, it's actually fairly nondescript music that most people don't know. But I can almost guarantee you it's not Aussie music. And I can certainly guarantee you it's not Western Australian music. So what we really want to see is WA music in WA spaces anywhere that you can hear piped music. But the other thing you'll be able to do with the pack is if you're interested in local music as a listener, you'll be able to stream it just like you can your normal Spotify streaming service. So it's not just for businesses, it's for listeners as well. And for us, for Musos, it's free forever. So our, I guess, our... One of many points of differences, we're a cooperative. So we're actually owned by the musos who actually have their music on the streaming service. So we're not, we're not a traditional startup. We're not one of those startups who's out there look, pitching for investment. We're pitching for membership because membership is what underpins everything we do. Mm, fantastic. And can you tell us some of the reasons why you set this up? You're, you're both in one of the bands we'll see tonight. And I think all three bands are on the platform. Tonight, Saint Street, Charlie's Flat and Mama Red, fantastic. Can you tell us about the urge to do that? Because that's a huge thing you're taking on. It is, it is. And, you know, as Charlie mentioned, we are local, original, unsigned musos. And so we've been using the systems that exist for a number of years now. And I reckon in probably the five years since we launched our first original album, we've probably made under 500 bucks. So given that what's happened to musos is that all of our products, the things we used to sell to make money, CDs, what have you, they're kind of not a thing anymore, right? So people are streaming. Even if they buy a CD, most of the time they're just doing it out of love. They don't even have anything to put it in. They're just doing it as a coaster. And, and we know that. So we're not producing plastics anymore because we're a relatively green crew. So for those of us who are out there who don't want to be producing physical stuff because we know there's no point selling it, the systems that exist don't work. We actually can't make money. It's absolutely, it's a mugs game um, playing with the streaming services. If you are not already well known. If you're Taylor Swift, if you're Beyonce, if you're Drake and you've already got multi, multi-million dollar followings and big labels and marketing behind you, it still gives you a pittance comparatively and the labels still give you a very small percentage of that. But if you're unsigned, you're unfindable. So for us, we wanted to make our local original talent findable by local people. And unfortunately, what you probably would know is if you go on Spotify and you don't know the name of a local band you're looking for, you will never find them. You might have heard someone you love down the pub and gone, oh, my God, these guys are great. I really want to hear them somewhere. If you don't know their name, you're never going to hear them on a streaming service. You'll hear them on ours. And you're, you're never going to find the, the future Drakes or Beyonce's either, the unsigned bands, only the ones that are already signed and got the big labels. You, you said some stats at the launch. Was it 97% of all the money goes to 500 bands and even then it's only... 75 grand a year average and that's the yeah. top 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 bands on spotify or, or youtube or, yeah yeah super gross stats super gross stats so yeah there's a um obviously we, we call ourselves the 99 percent you know it's an occupy wall street thing right mm. so everyone who sits under that top i think eight percent of bands on spotify makes 
less than a couple of grand a year, right? Anyone that's in that top echelon, most of them make less than than 100 grand. So even if you are considered the top of the top, you're still making less than 100 grand a year from your music. It's pitiful. It's less than most of us make in our sad day jobs. So in essence, (laughs) in in truth, there are, I think, yeah, I think there are 80 musos on Spotify that are making big money. Everyone else is making basic wages. So you got together with some musos, they got similar problems around the pub, yeah, what are we going to do about it? You could cry into your beer or you could do something about it. So you've built something, how on earth have you done that? With love and lots and lots of support from really good people. So we we are not, clearly, tech founders. <laughs> uh, Harry and I are musos. We don't build, we don't code, but we do align with really good humans. So we're working with Ninja Software, who are incredible. We're working with Intrinsic around our blockchain payment system and we work with amazing uh, other creative humans like Printix, like Ammo who are in the room, gorgeous humans who support us to do the, the work that we do. So I guess what we would call ourselves is connectors. We do the work of working out how to make things work and then we pay other people to do it with blood mostly, sweat, tears, remortgaging, that kind of thing. Well, I wish you all the best, don't we? Wish you all the best for the launch. Yep. So, The Pack, going to download the app, a web app. Very, very soon, yeah. So as, soon. as of February next year, you'll be able to download a uh, phone app and you'll be able to download a web app if you're a, a business. Um, and we'll be crossing everything, um, launching our Living Labs. And Living Labs is a project where we're actually at a precinct scale doing a big test. So if anyone's interested in being part of that test, local governments in the room, love you. Um, so hopefully Frio, Vincent and Subiaco. Um, but also listeners can get involved. Musos, if anyone in the room's got a band with recorded music, you can get involved. And obviously, businesses, you can also get involved. Glenn, you, Glenn, sitting here all smiley, tell us about the exit, because that, I think, was quite unexpected, although wonderful. It was. It was um, one of those, I wasn't looking to sell, wasn't planning to sell. Uh, In March this year, Australia Post was looking for a new online system to manage their health and safety. And I thought our competitor can do half of this really well and we can do the other half well. So I linked in Stalked, our biggest competitor, uh, found him online, organised a meeting, had a phone call, said, look, we should work together on this. He said, look, great idea. This is two minutes into the conversation. Um, But we just got bought out by a US company last year. They might want to chat to you. I said, okay, well, may as well have a chat. And the next week, uh, met with the guys in Dallas via Teams, obviously, Uh, The next week I sent them financials and then the next week they sent me an offer for tens of millions of dollars. Oh, okay. And that was it. Within less than a week we had negotiated terms and um, contracts for a few weeks, due diligence, and we were all done. Fantastic. What about that for an exit? Round of applause. How about that? I think the important thing to take out of this is that's not normal I hear. So <laughs> don't expect that. Don't just go ringing your competitors so that you can finish up. But. It's all right. You're here to inspire people. That's great. I mean, it does. People in the room who are earlier in their journey, you know, you had 11, 12 years of it. And I remember when you came along to eGroup, when you were called Injury Connect. I'm very proud of you when you went to win that Business News Awards. And then, of course, you hear about this exit. And 
Why the name Soul? For, what, what was the change there? Is it because you weren't just doing injuries? Spot on, yeah. You so we started as an injury management company and had a lot of clients come to us and say, look, you're doing injury management really well. If you can do safety management, right. that'd be great. And then some others asked for health management. So Injury Connect was available. Safety Connect wasn't. Health Connect was. And then, yeah, as I'm sure a lot of you have been through, trying to come up with names is really challenging. So. Right. The best way to do it is to just misspell a word. So right. we misspelled the word solve to S-O-L-V. And then all of a sudden getting domain names is a lot easier. <laughs> okay. And what now? Is there life after startup? Tell I, us. I don't know. On I'm, the other side. What yeah. are you doing now? I, I've got one week left of work. So don't right. tell my boss I'm here today, by the way. I'm supposed to be okay. at work. And yeah, so next Thursday I finish up and that's it. I'm right. flying out to Canada on the 2nd of January to go skiing. So I'm doing Vancouver for a week, Whistler for a week, Banff for two weeks, and then uh, uh, then I'll head to the US for a while. So just I, can, I can leave, but I can't come back. So I'm just going to go away for a Until while. Until then, you were really popular. Now you're an unpopular person. Going to Canada skiing. Oh, my God. Well, we're sweltering in 40-degree heat. No, that's fantastic. Well done. A lot of work went into that, a lot of effort. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm trying not to decide what's next. I'm right. just going to try for three months, January, Feb, March, not make a decision because, yeah, I've, right. I've worked 60 hours a week for 12 years. Mm. I'd, so I used to have about one Saturday off a year and three wow. public holidays, um, but the rest of the public holidays, rest of the Saturdays I've worked, so it's time to just have a proper holiday, think Definitely. about what I want to do next. And have you got any ideas? I mean, you've got not going to pre-plan it. You're going to look to... Hopefully, what's great, I'm going to give you an idea what to do next, is when startup founders do really well and they exit and they go off and do the skiing thing and they get that out of their system, they come back into the community, you know, like Olivia Humphrey. What an amazing thing to have Olivia back in, in, in the community, what she's done in the last couple of years. Having people like yourself exit, do great, come back, bring, bring all your knowledge, bring your experience, bring some capital and maybe do it again or invest in some startups or... Might that be something you might be interested in? Absolutely. Well, I've, um, one thing I've been – sounds like I'm being pitched already. Um, one thing I've just started doing recently is with the Plus 8 program is mentoring some of the uh, startups there. So right. that's been fantastic. And um, actually started – and it's a good idea for everybody – started writing down all the ideas I had along the journey, yeah. just other ideas and right. things I would see. So I've got a Word document on my computer with 96 business ideas on it. So I'm going to sit down and make sure my list and get to 100. And Come yeah, on, four more. Oh, well, I've got time sitting on the schedule, okay. so I'll be able to figure it out now. True. So yeah, so I'll go through my list and I, I love startups. I love that part of it. So yeah, and I also think I don't really want to run a big business. You end up being a HR manager, which is not fun at all. But the actual startup part is really fun. So I'd rather start things and get them to a certain place. Fantastic. I think we're going to see more of you in the startup community. Hopefully. Glenn McIver, everybody, from Seoul. Isn't that great? Great. Um, And how many staff did it get to? 50 staff. 50. So, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for a big contract to sign up in the next few days before I finish to get us to 10 mil in recurring annual revenue. Fantastic. And 50 staff, so right. yeah. Now, a couple of minutes for a couple of questions. Everyone who asks a question gets a T-shirt. You, sir, do you want to come up here and ask a question? Are you going to shout it? So I'll repeat the question. ECF, equity crowdfunding, how much preparation for doing that compared to, say, other ways of raising capital? Yeah, good question. Let's say equity crowdfunding probably costs around 6 to 8% of your, maybe even a bit more. The virtual platform will take you know, 6% of what you raise anyway, that's their their fee. The other one's really interesting. You know, sometimes you can do a raise, I've done, you know, raised a million dollars 
over a two or three month period and it was just my time, which obviously I didn't put down on the, on the bill, but there was no cost for that. So that's why I was saying like, it's actually a lot of effort. It's actually quite expensive. And for us, we justified it because of the, the brand raising. You know, I was riding a bike through Melbourne the last time we raised and there was people just stopping me in the street saying, I've seen your bike on Facebook, tell me more about it. And we had investors, you know, all over the country. And so that's an amazing thing to get for that investment of money. Another question? How do you get across the problem of country and Western music? There is two kinds of music coming up. (laughs) Country and Western. Um, It's a really good question and and we open our uh, genres to all genres of music. So if there is a business out there that wants to play country and Western, and there must be one, right? We've even got metal bands coming through. So we're like, there must be a business out there that wants to play metal, right? Not sure who they are, but there must be. So, <laughs> open to everyone for everyone. Classical, acid, jazz, doom, whatever. <laughs> Last question: How can we help you? Well, for me, it's an easy one um, because you can actually go into any pack business and you can interact with the music and the business. So, any any listener or any muso that goes and interacts with the music in that business makes recommendations for that client-centered playlist actually does really help us because, of course, if you make recommendations and you recommend that out through your socials, then other people are going to come into those businesses and they're also going to show those businesses that it's great to have client-centred playlists in their spaces. So, perfect for us. So, tell all your shops where you're getting coffee from and and lunches and all that. Tell them about the pack in the new year. We're supporting local bands, right, who struggle just like startups do. So, we're going to help them, yeah? 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 All right. Julian, how can we help you? Well, as for us, I mean, what we discovered is that most people, I'd be interested to see how many in this room, have no idea what life's like getting around on an e-bike. It's transformational and from your health, well-being uh, and the planet, of course. So coming into our new shop down in Frio, going for a test ride, checking it out, and then we get a lot of our sales through social. So posting something about that would be fantastic. Even if you, and buying one, even better. And there's a bunch of people in this room I know that have got one. So Tillerides.com? Tillerides.com. Tillerides.com. And Mel, the website? The Pack Music Co-op. The Pack Music Co-op. And Glenn, somewhere in Canada, skiing. (laughs) Wonderful. Great. Solve.com.au. Yeah? Fantastic. One last one. How do we monetize the pack? Great question. It's effectively a cooperative. So you buy a membership. So you become a co-op member as either a listener or a business. As I said earlier, musos don't pay. We don't want them to because their content is their subscription. But for listeners and businesses, there is a monthly and or an annual fee that they pay. It's a co-op subscription, so it is a little bit different to, say, a Spotify subscription because you do have voting rights then. So you're part of a cooperative space, which means that you also have some control over the way the space evolves. Can you please thank the wonderful founder panel, Julian, Mel and Glenn. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.